You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Very subdued dance. There's, it's hard when you don't actually. Wow, giving away secrets. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. No, you. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're on vacation. Oh, right. I forgot. Well, I've been back so long. It doesn't seem that way. I I got back last Wednesday, so I missed last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So tell us about your vacation. Adventure. Oh, it was great. It was a fantastic time. Didn't leave the house. How, what's been happening here since, uh, since I left? Anything exciting? Ah, what's been going on? Hmm. I got an air fryer. <laughs> yeah, you're a lot of talk about your air fryer. <laughs> Where'd you purchase that air fryer at? The Amazons. Oh, okay. And what would uh, spark the purchase? Intrigued. Oh, just randomly were on Amazon and you came upon air fryers or you saw someone else use an air fryer once? I heard once someone discussing like, one. Okay. So I uh, let my ears sink into that combo and then I was hooked. Okay, okay. And then you got, called the Amazons up. You said, hey, Amazon, <laughs> send me that. Amazon, and, uh, if I'm boom. not mistaken, Amazon started as just selling books, right? I think so, yeah. Hmm. And what do they sell now? Just air fryers <laughs> and books. <laughs> It's just books and air fryers. That's all they sell. Just a bunch of books. You have and an air Bezos, fryer section and a book section. Bezos is worth like $500 because of that? Yeah, pretty much. Everyone's so into air fryers. They all had the same itch that you had. They heard it uh, secondhand at a party, and they decided to order it up. So, yeah, it just uh, makes everything nice and crispy and uh, not as messy, I guess, right? Not yeah. as messy. That's the thing with frying everyone always complains about, right? Yeah, it stinks up the house. I put the oil air fryer on the deck. Oh, so you have the double advantage. What are you going to do in the winter, though? Hey, I can tough it out. Oh. Hey, no, it's, uh, it's back to school week. Nothing, nothing different about this year, just business as usual. Well, are, so are your kids back this week? Yeah, the 10th. Oh, okay. Uh, Staggered my kid start. is back next week. I know um, a lot of the university students are back uh, this week, and by back I mean taking their classes from home online. Most of them. Okay, which wait. It's got to so, be a different, uh, a different first year experience than I had. So they, they move to a different city and then they just sit in their apartment. Well, or, uh, I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of students are just not going. Like I think a lot of students are just staying home and doing the classes online. Hmm. Um, I just moved my niece into George Brown College here in Toronto. She's taking nursing, and she elected to come out here from BC because, I don't know, she just wanted to have a little bit of that experience. And as, and as I moved her into the dorm, I was thinking, God, is it going to be like her alone on a giant floor with nobody else there? But every room had someone in it. So I guess people are sending their kids. Uh, is there a floor monitor? Is it like the movies? Uh, yeah, I think they call him a RA, residence assistant. And uh, yeah, there's one, I think, on every floor. Hmm. And I, we were wondering about that. Like, what would make you, because they're usually like a second year or third year student, what would motivate you to want to become a residence assistant? And the only thing we could think of is you must get a deal. You must get a deal on your, your uh, 
room and board. Oh, you get free right? weed because you're like, hey, that weed, you can't smoke in here and you just take it. Yeah, okay, that's one way of looking at it. Free, free booze. You can't yeah. have booze in here. Yeah, it all has to be confiscated and it's confiscated. That room that you're taking that booze to looks an awfully lot like your room. It actually has your name on it, sir. <laughs> I don't, uh, don't worry about the details. I'll decide where the, where the weed and booze goes. You know, I almost went to George Brown after I was rejected by the first three colleges I <laughs> applied to. I was going to go to George Brown and become a chef. What? This is the first I'm hearing this. What? Yeah, but then really? I got a last-minute call from Algonquin. They said, you're in because someone else couldn't uh, pony up the money. <laughs> so if that person had come up with the money, <laughs> you would be working at Joey Tomatoes right now on the line? Oh, no. Running... I or would you be Orno running your cafe. own restaurant empire? Orno Cafe. You would, I feel like maybe you'd own several restaurants. You'd have been one of those persons, one of those people who wasn't even working as a chef anymore. You'd be like a consultant, like that Rob Feeney guy. And I'd Vancouver. have my own line of air fryers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dan O'Toole brand. <laughs> O'Toole brand air fryers. Yeah. And you'd be doing all these... Um, Instagram sponsored, well, you do sponsored Instagram posts anyway, but you'd be doing even more for like Beyond Meat burgers and Beyond Meat recipes. And so I see a lot of chefs doing that kind of stuff now, which I totally understand. Their restaurants are failing. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, I didn't know that. So you were going to be a chef. Did you have any particular, were you going to become like a, like a French chef or a, or a Cantonese chef or a sushi chef? Uh, Had you really thought it through that much? I'd be like um, the this. potpourri of chefs, a bit <laughs> of everything. I think that's fine. That's Man. not a conflict of interest. I feel like it would be cool to like write a, a TV show for you. That would be like kind of like, you know how Brent bought the premise of Corner Gases? If he had never left Saskatchewan, this is the life he would have led in Saskatchewan, right? He would have mm-hmm. run a gas station in his small town. I feel like we could write a show for you called Chef Dan, and it's just an alternate universe thing, like, you know, the sliding doors or whatever, and you go to George Brown to culinary school, and you become a chef, and we just follow your adventures and your inevitable descent into uh, uh, hardcore drug addiction like all chefs, but, uh, your, uh, your application of tattoos all over your body, especially the arms... Sleeve, big sleeve big guy. Big sleeve guy. Um, I'd want to be the chef from, um, you can't do that on television. He'd have like <laughs> rubber bands in the food and stuff like that. <laughs> That's right. You know what? Uh, my daughter watches uh, a lot of uh, Nick, Nick Jr. stuff, uh, Henry Danger and all that. And uh, she likes the uh, Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards highlights on YouTube. And what I learned was, you know they slime everybody, like Katy Perry got slime. Oh, you found out what the slime is? No, no, it's not. Well, yes, it's like, it's pudding, basically. Oh. It's pudding. Okay. But, um, but more than that, I found, I found out the inspiration for the slime, and it's because of something you just mentioned. In the early days of Nickelodeon, Nick Jr., they would play old episodes of You Can't Do That on television. Starring Alanis Morissette. And they would, of course, when you said, I don't know on that show, You Can't Do That on television, you get slime. And so Nickelodeon stole that from them. But they, they said that. We said, we stole it from them. We stole it from that old show from Canada. How great is that? Think of all the people that were on uh, You Can't Do That on Television. Alanis Morissette. Um, 
Jamie Noodles McLennan was on it for a while. That's right. Jamie joins us now as our <laughs> podcast guest this week. Do you remember that show, Noodles? What, what show? You can't do that on television. I do. I do remember that. And you know what? Crazy enough, just before, about an hour ago, before I came on the show, I got caught down a rabbit hole on YouTube watching Hee Haw. I don't know if you remember that <laughs> show, Hee Haw. I didn't watch a ton of Hee Haw growing up. Um, wow, did you, like how many hours were spent just diving into that? Probably about 90 minutes that I'll never get back wow. in my lifetime. But wait, ever. that was a massive hit. That was but a hit show. It, that's the thing. It, you know, you start to think about like shows that were kind of like wholesome and back in the day. And I don't know why my, my three-year-old son was looking for some live music or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to put some hee-haw on. It was like literally <laughs> wow. like Buck Owens and like it was crazy. But uh, he actually enjoyed it. To be honest, he enjoyed it. it. Before he went to sleep, I was like, had my phone on and Hee Haw was playing. So, I love that uh, uh, you yeah, thought of something new. <laughs> you thought of live music and you thought of Hee Haw. You wanted it, something wholesome. <laughs> but Tommy Hunter, you could have dialed up Tommy Hunter. I don't know. Honest to God, like, so you're right. I could go anywhere. I could go to country or something. But like, the the thing is, is he's he's caught on YouTube right now and his favorite song is this song called like Deathbed which is like <laughs> he knows the words to it and I, I don't know if it's like a bad song or a good song because I don't know it but I'm like he's like I want, I want Deathbed which doesn't sound really good right. for a three year old no. to be listening to so I just pivoted Right to hee-haw. I'm like, you're getting hee-haw, kid. That's all you got. What about some Nickelback? <laughs> I could do that, but I mean, as you guys know, uh, you know, Chad, the lead singer, he, he throws a few uh, shady lyrics in there left and right. Uh, so, I mean, we don't want him repeating those lyrics either. Yeah, true. What, do you remember, uh, guys, do you remember a show called Circle Square? Oh, of course, yeah. It was a, a Christian, like, yes, a kid show. Yes. Yeah, and it was, like, on a ranch, I yep. think. Yep. And so I had a buddy, my best friend, actually. He, his mom wanted to, he wasn't getting out, he wasn't making friends, so his mom wanted to send him to a camp one summer. But she, I don't think she did the research, <laughs> and so she just sent him to the Circle Square Ranch camp, and he learned to ride horses, but he didn't, he wasn't a religious person. So immediately, like, two days in, he was like, I... This is not the place for me. I've got to get out of here. Was he there when they were filming? No, no, I don't okay. think they were filming at the time. But I, it was a legitimate, like, ranch where you could go for summer camp, right? And, uh, yeah, he wow. was rude awakening for him. Rude awakening. Jamie, you didn't get to go... Uh, yeah, that would be... A... That would be disturbing. Jamie, you didn't get to go on your annual trip to uh, Italy this year. That's a bummer. I did not. I know. You know what? Just obviously with the, the way the, the world is, um, I've been like bunker style at my house. And then what we did was we flew out of Hamilton, of all places, because the, the airport's quieter, a direct flight to Calgary and drove to Kelowna for a week. So rented a house out there. And, and as you guys know, I love out west. I'm from out there. So I, we... Uh, I uh, had an opportunity to visit a couple friends, a recent, you know, recent Hall of Fame guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. A guy like Jerome McGinley is his name. He's a big so Kelowna I, guy. I wouldn't say Hall of Fame guy. He, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, but yeah, like, uh, so Iggy was out there and a couple guys, and it was nice to get a, a, a good visit in. 
So, and, um, so and then I, came back, got COVID tests, and and buried myself again for another six weeks or eight weeks, whatever it's been. So when did you, because I just got back from Kelowna. When did you go to Kelowna? Right at the end of June. Okay. So, you know, it was like early July. And the crazy part about it is uh, that long weekend is when like 68 cases of COVID like popped up from all the people that went to Kelowna and partied. Yes. Um, but we didn't do that. So well, Jamie, we you know, and you know who all the local Kelowna folks were blaming? The Albertans. They were all saying it's all the Albertans. Yeah. Like my folks have lived in Kelowna for 25 years, but before that they lived in Alberta for 25 years. You'd swear they'd never lived in Alberta and you'd swear they never knew anyone from Alberta because as soon as they see an Alberta license plate in Kelowna, they're like, ah, oh, those Albertans, get them, <laughs> get them out of here. They're ruining I, the I heard. I heard it was crazy. I heard in BC that if you had an Alberta plate, like people were like keying your car and throwing stones at it and stuff. That was early on in, in, in COVID. But then eventually they kind of opened it back up and welcomed Albertans in. So <laughs> I was lucky. I mean, we, we flew in and, and just kind of did our, did our thing. We, didn't, we only ate out like once. Outside of that, we just cooked at the place and and hung out with friends, we were still a little bit kind of freaked about what was going on, so. Okay, can you, know. you guys, uh, you guys will be able to answer this because you're both there. Is Kelowna the tattoo sleeve capital of Canada? <laughs> it's certainly in the conversation, <laughs> eh, Noodles? <laughs> yeah, I would say, I would say yes. I would say Kelowna and Keswick, Ontario. <laughs> those are, those are probably the K's. <laughs> yeah, the two K's in Canada. Honestly, I, you're probably, it would be the capital for out west for sure because you get, you know, you get some gritty characters there and people that, uh, you know, in muscle shirts. And then here, you know, if it's not Keswick, maybe it's Oshawa or something like that. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. I, our, uh, as, as you guys know, the, the, the guy who works on our board, Mark Mullen, he's from the schwa. So, and I think he has a sleeve. So there you go. Well, Noodles, Tulsi lived in the schwa forever. He repped the schwa for a long time. It's shocking that he isn't fully tatted up. <laughs> I just learned he wanted to be a chef uh, instead of a broadcaster. I, so he would for sure have been sleeved up if he was a chef, right? Oh, for sure. If you were a chef, you, yeah, like... We all, when you think about it, if we've all taken different career paths, like I, I often wonder, you know, what I would look like and how I would, you know, how I would be in society, everything like that. I could see, Julesy, I could see you with long hair, a mullet, and maybe for sure, like a left arm sleeve. Yeah. Left arm, not right arm, left arm sleeve. Yeah, yeah. like one arm, not both. Yeah. So, Noodles, what was your career choice if yeah. you didn't make it in hockey? And you can't pick broadcasting because that's what you're doing it's, now. No, I know. It, you know what was weird is I was really into numbers when I was younger, so like accounting. I, it, it's, it's kind of, it's boring, but it's weird. Like I always enjoyed accounting. And I, um, because I wanted to go away to junior hockey at a younger age, I took my high school online. So I would go through, uh, like I went through grade 10, and then that summer I took correspondence of grade 11 courses. So I finished my high school in just over two years. And I, I went through accounting and, and then even a first year university, I took some accounting courses. Uh, I've always been fascinated kind of with numbers, but I, I wouldn't say that I'm amazing at it. Like I don't you know, have a finance degree or anything like that, but 
Uh, I, I, for some reason, I, I feel like I chose the right path on a couple different fronts because I don't know many accounting guys who have kind of liked to live their, their lives kind of like me, if that makes sense. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think you I do was know, lucky to... It's a good way if you don't want to talk about yourself or get out of a conversation and someone asks you what you do, you say you're an accountant. No one does a follow-up question about that. That's yeah. true. You're just like, nobody, uh, nobody would ever, yeah. <laughs> you could be the most private person in the world because nobody would want a follow-up question if you say you're an accountant. That's it. You're done. But a caveat to that, Noodles, is that if you're at a party and Wesley Snipes is there and he's hundreds <laughs> of millions of dollars in debt to the IRS and you say you're an accountant, <laughs> then you're locked in with Snipes for a couple of hours trying to talk him through it, trying to get him out of debt, right? That that's true. Uh, maybe maybe Mike Tyson too. Didn't Tyson <laughs> like burn through like three hundred million? Adrian like, I, Peterson. I, I remember reading in yes, I remember reading an article in USA Today one time about Tyson had made in his career like three hundred million, and they they broke down like how he spent it, and like he bought like Don King like five Bentleys, and he had all these houses. And he had a, a group, like a posse that traveled with him. Yeah. And one guy's job, he got paid 60000 a year to be in charge of beverages anywhere they went. That was right. his job, beverages. Beverage guy. Yeah. Uh, beverage guy. I'll, I'll take 60 k Yeah. I'll take 60 k for beverage guy. What well, about, Drake, what about Drake Snoop Dogg's weed rolling And butt. Drake has one, too. They, yeah. they have guys that roll their joints for them. I call them back patters. Like all they do is just they follow around the guy and just pat him on the back and be like, hey, this is my buddy. I'm with him. I'm with that. And you're right. I, listen, if I was a big shot like Drake or Snoop Dogg or all of these guys, I'm sure I would have all my buddies with me, too, having some fun. Because you I mean, we make fun of it. But at the end of the day, if you get that big, that young, suddenly you don't know who to trust. And in the end, you kind of can only trust your ne'er-do-well high school buddies. And suddenly paying one of them 60K to roll a few blunts for you every day doesn't seem like such a Those bad deal. Those are the deal. last guys I'd trust. That I know. <laughs> like, I'm like, I would not want them near my money at all. You're right. I, I would feel like I would bring all my idiot buddies with me, but I would make sure that I would have at least one or two people that like gave me the, the honest truth. Like would look me in the eyes and be like, you're being an idiot. You're yeah. wasting money. You don't need to do this. Like almost like a conscience. I don't know if it's like a father figure or an agent or somebody who would have the ability to sit you down and be like, all right, enough's enough. You've been on you know, a seven-day bender here in Vegas, smart enough, or, you know, something like that. Noodles, um, how would you have been in the bubble? You're such a crazy movie guy. They set up, like, eight theaters. I feel like you would have probably thrived in there. I feel like, you know, it's funny, because even staff, like, like people who know me, like, they're like, you're not affected by this at all, because I, I just, I'm a routine-orientated guy, so I get up, I work out, I do, I do exactly the same thing every day. So I would find a routine in the bubble. You're right, like movies, if, if they were available, everyone else would be on the golf simulator, uh, playing ping pong, doing that. I'd be in the movie theater. And if they had fresh popcorn, obviously <laughs> I'd be eating that every day. So it's, uh, I, I feel like I would thrive in the, in, in the bubble set, setting. Plus apparently... They have some, had some pretty cool bars, and apparently, like, uh, it's almost like a meet and greet, the who's who of the NHL, 
or at the you know lobby bar every night. So it's kind of like a social hour, happy hour. That's what I heard. Noodles, have you talked to anyone that's still in the bubble and have they slowly gone insane? Uh, I've talked to, so a couple of my very good friends uh, were in the bubble and were eliminated, but one of them was like, I've had like 60 COVID tests and his, his test was every day at like 1.30 p.m. So he, he like, he could go earlier, but that was when his team was set. And he's like, I am, it is Groundhog Day. He goes, I am slowly like struggling, but he said, you know, we know they're there for a purpose. I have one buddy who's still in the bubble. Uh, I spoke with him a couple days ago and he was fine. I think, I think there was a threshold about three weeks into a month where guys were, you were going to go one way or the other. Yeah. And guys were starting to struggle and you saw those teams, they end up, they're out of the bubble, they're gone now. And now the guys that are in the bubble, they're committed. They're pot committed because now they can, they're eight, they're eight wins away from winning a Stanley Cup. So yeah. they're like, we know what's at stake now. Um, what's your opinion of the hockey that's being played in the bubble? I, I, just my personal opinion, Jamie, I think the hockey's been better than ever. <laughs> Maybe they're just, yeah, they're just focused. I, 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 you know what? I, I've been so impressed and I know people are, are, are critical of, of, you know, some of these one nothing. like last night was a one nothing game. You're, you're going to see that, especially, you know, the Islanders the other day played their 16th game. So, you know, you're going to see a few duds here or there. But honestly, the intensity, uh, even the product, you know, you, you're no fans. Uh, you're looking for atmosphere. I, I, I think it's been fantastic hockey. And I know, you know, we, we don't have a Canadian representative team which pisses some people off. I'm fine with it. I, I don't have a favorite team. I'm, I'm happy for guys that are still in there battling. And I think there are some cool storylines, but you kind of got to dig for them. Like the Islanders aren't the, the sexiest of teams, but if you dig into the storyline of that group, it, it's pretty impressive considering, you know, I think a lot of people thought the Islanders were left for dead when, when Tavares left. Yeah. Instead, they've kind of thrived in what they've won four four playoff rounds since Tavares left. Like, it's, it's pretty impressive. But um, I've been, overall, I, I think the hockey's been fantastic. It's been great theater. And honestly, for us, lots to talk about every day. And, and when it first started, the, the refs were taking a lot of heat, and that seems to have gone away. People said, oh, they're making more calls because they don't have to deal with an arena full of people booing. But that, no one's talking about that anymore. <laughs> well, you're right. But also, too, I, I think the refs were trying to figure out you know, how they want to call things. It's almost like when I was, I was looking at the play-in round and the games were a bit sloppy and guys' decisions making as, as players were, they were sloppy too. And yeah. I, I kept thinking, okay, the refs, the refs were a bit sloppy in their calls and maybe a little bit inconsistent and guys were trying to find like that middle ground, that groove. Uh, now that we're into the third round, like I, I, you can see that the refs are in a groove and, and the top refs are the ones that are, are refing. So I, I think they're doing a great job, but well, you're right. You just they're said, not it, being swayed by... Yeah, they're not being swayed. And plus, the hockey's gotten better. So yeah, the calls have gone down. So that makes yeah. perfect sense, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, Tulsi, they're not... like the, the fans aren't yelling at them. They're not swayed home or away. They're just making calls and being consistent with them. Yeah. Uh, how about, uh, Joe, speaking of a different sport, Joe West, the umpire throwing out... Uh, 
the GM of the Washington Nationals yesterday for heckling him from like the third deck. Joe West, grow a pair. You know, like, like I know. toughen up a little bit. Honestly, apparently he's such a hero. I, I mean, you're right. Like, you're, you're throwing out uh, the general manager who is like literally a Muppet in the third row yeah. yelling at you. And, and like, like, just, you know, you're right. Grow a pair. Like, like have thicker skin, but there must be a long history there. Yeah. There, there uh, and I know Joe, Joe West is a guy that, you know, he's polarizing. He's not shy to, to get into it. But, I mean, I thought that was a bit egregious. Like, I, I, we were talking about it, and, and I, I was tracking the story, and I'm like, this is just insane for uh, an umpire to be that thin-skinned, especially in a sport where you know you, people are going to be in your grill constantly. I. I, I thought it was kind of a heroic move by him. Well, they're all thin-skinned, Jamie, and it comes from, it's like bouncers, right? It comes from being granted this power to uh, throw people yeah. out, right? When you are granted that power, then I feel like you have this heightened sensitivity about yourself. And some one little thing, you know, someone looks at you the wrong way, says something as a bouncer... That's why they're that way, right? Because they're just like, no, anyone does anything, I've got the power to get rid of them instantly, and I'm going to use that power. And that's how umpires seem to be. Uh, you'd think they'd be the opposite. Uh, they Jay- are. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, they are. No, I was going to say they are. And believe me, bouncers, I've had a few run-ins. I got thrown down the <laughs> stairs at Club Malibu Southside uh, years ago in Edmonton. In I'll Edmonton, never forget yes, it. Yes, <laughs> Club Malibu. We were just talking about that Club Malibu. That was the original Club Malibu, Jamie, and... Uh, I, yeah, just off of White Avenue. That's right, it right, so right gritty. by the Strathcona Hotel, just right by the Scona Hotel. Yes. And I remember the thing about the, that Club Malibu is you, uh, every Thursday, they would throw Frisbees in the crowd, and if you caught a Frisbee, you got a keg party the next Thursday. And they would, would throw, like, 15 uh. Frisbees up, like... And so, was, and I was like, six, six, uh. every time I'd be like, Frisbees! <laughs> Party What I would do to be back at Club Malibu 30 years from or go from I guess when I was 19 instead of 49. Oh, it's crazy. Man. Dr. Yeah, Vickers. No COVID back then. No yeah. one knew what uh, a pandemic <laughs> was. <laughs> exactly. Um, Jamie, we're going to uh, take it back to hockey and uh, we're going to put producer Tim on alert here because we're going to do a little hybrid thing here. We are going to... Uh, we're going to introduce Jamie's television segment that we love to have him on for the Jane Dan Show. It's called uh, Tasteful yes. Nudes. Tasteful Nudes. So uh, we're going to bring that graphic in, and uh, we're going to begin this segment. We're going to ask you some questions about goaltending in the National Hockey League. Sure. That's uh, right. Tim, you ready to go? Okay, okay, let's do it. Here we go. Let's kick off Tasteful Nudes with our friend Jamie McLennan. Uh, Tulsi, you have the first question. Yeah, Noodles. Uh, who... The start of next year is the starting goalie for the Vancouver Canucks. Thatcher Demko or... Uh, Markstrom. Markstrom. Jacob Markstrom. If, if you're asking me, it should be Jacob Markstrom. This guy has been your MVP for two years in a row. He's helped carry that team, get it to the next level. And I know Thatcher Demko was fantastic those last three games. And to me, he is a budding star in the National Hockey League, but... Jacob Markstrom has arrived as an elite goaltender. He's 29 years old. He's a pending unrestricted free agent. I think you can get something done and, and still figure out the expansion situation. So if I'm the Vancouver Canucks, 
I don't want to lose a guy like Jacob Markstrom where you've made so much ground moving forward as a team and an organization. You don't want to take a step back if Thatcher Demko ends up stubbing his toe learning how to be a starter in the National Hockey League. Jamie, boy, Matt Murray, you have to be a pretty inconsistent goaltender to be 26 years old, having won two Stanley Cups, and your team wants to essentially get rid of you. Uh, because they know you're probably going to lose you to Seattle in an expansion draft at some point. So if Matt Murray is indeed on the move, and it appears that he probably is, uh, which of these three Canadian teams that seem to need goaltending help would be the best fit? The Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, or the Toronto Maple Leafs? Mm. Yeah, interesting. Um, For me, it would have to be the Edmonton Oilers. And the reason being is... You've got Koskinen at $4.5 million for another year. So you already have somebody that can give you, let's say, 30 to 45 games. I think Matt Murray is a platoon goaltender. I don't see him as a standalone starter. So, you know, he's a guy that played very well when Marc-Andre Fleury was there. He's played well or been challenged by Tristan Jari and, and, and given them good minutes when he's been pressed. So... He has to play in a platoon system. I think the Edmonton Oilers are obviously going to try and fit somebody in there. Absence of Mike Smith is unrestricted. Uh, I think the best fit for Matt Murray, if he's on the move, would be the Edmonton Oilers because they need to upgrade that position. They needed a save at critical times against the Chicago Blackhawks. And believe me, that was only one of their problems, but they did need a big save at the right time. And I think Matt Murray is battle-tested but he still needs to prove that he can be consistent and he's young enough to do that. And then uh, our final question, we might add one more, but we're going to ask this one. If Freddie Anderson, it's amazing, because if you would have gone back a year ago, Jamie, you would have said to yourself, well, the Leafs seem pretty solid in net. That's not something they have to worry about. But after the postseason that Freddie had, people seem to want to shove him out the door. Where does he play at the beginning of next season? Uh, I know this isn't a sexy answer, but I think it's going to be in Toronto. And when you have to take a look at it, if you're Kyle Dubas, um, you have to take a look at the big picture. Who are you going to replace Frederick Anderson with and what is it going to cost? Uh, You know, Jacob Markstrom is the number one unrestricted free agent on the market. Now, if Vancouver signs him, he's done. Robin Leonard, same scenario. I would argue that he's probably going to be with the Vegas Golden Knights. So now you start to look around the league. Who's available and at what price point? And let's say a guy like Braden Holtby is available and you can get him at a decent price point. Are you convinced that he's going to play better than Frederick Anderson because he hasn't statistically in the last couple of years? So what I know if I'm Kyle Dubas is I've got a guy who can play 55 to 60 games, money in the bank, Yes, he hasn't gotten over that threshold, and that's something that certainly is a a focus here in Toronto. But it's not all on him. That team has to be better. I think Kyle will try and build the team a little bit out, a little bit more depth, and to help his goaltender out. So for me, I'm only doing something with Frederick Anderson if it's an upgrade in that position, not uh, an equal part, like an equal goaltender. So I don't see an upgrade in that position unless Jacob Markstrom is signed here. And next season starts on? January 15th. Oh, okay. We're, we keep pushing it back a little bit. I, I, oh, yeah. No, no. Like, I, I, I think it's realistically in the new year because the league wants to get to a point where, you know, maybe we've got 
some form of answers for COVID or at least a routine. Obviously, you'll be tracking the NFL. The NFL is outdoor stadiums, but you, you need fans back in the seats. Right now, the bubble has been fantastic for the league, but that's, you're trying to claw back some of the money that was owed and you're, you're paying to sponsors. The, the next season, you're trying to make money. And, and you need to make money by having people in the seats. So I think the NHL has the luxury of time. Uh, they've proven that they can play through the summer and still have a lot of people uh, very interested in hockey. So you can start, for me, it's starting in Janu- January 15th. Okay. Uh, Noodles, you, you and uh, O-Dog and Brian Hayes are so great on Overdrive on TSN 1050 every afternoon. You're so funny. You have such great chemistry. And I, you were... The guys were talking, Hayes and O'Dog were talking about golfing together and running into, uh, running into Duffy and David Amber and Sean McKenzie, yeah. who often golf together, and you were describing them as uh, a bit of a tight shirt brigade. And that's the kind of thing that oh, makes yeah, me so sure. happy because I can instantly, I just feel such a kinship with you because that's exactly what I think when I think of those guys in their Instagram posts. Well, right? well yeah, I mean, just, okay, just... Let's take, let's break it down. James Duffy at the, is it the Masters? He's always got the tightest golf shirt on and you know he's holding the microphone and he's done curls before he's done because his arm, his left arm is jacked and his, his right arm looks like a piece of spaghetti hanging out. So he, he angles it towards the camera. It's almost like a Joe Rogan, like UFC, the way he talks. So then that's Duffy. So you know he's got the tight shirt on. Um, David Amber's in the best shape out of all of them. He doesn't need a tight shirt. I just think he could wear one because he could pull one off because yeah. he's in such great shape. He's a physical specimen. Sean McKenzie's the sneaky one because he, if you track his Instagram, he had a he's shirt really good. Pick. Like he's re- I know. Did you see that? Like, <laughs> yes. No harp on. Like, oh, oh, just my, my shirt happened to fall off here. Let's take a look at these abs. Like, he's not doing that. If he looks like a bag of insulation, like he's doing that because he's in great shape. So, you know, all three of these guys and and, and you go a step further with Sean. He's got the tight suits on like, you know, and they're fashionable. I I don't have that. I don't have the the fashion sense. I just I put my suits on and I, I talk into the camera and I enjoy myself. But like these guys are a statement. So you know the three of them are just walking around. It's almost like a night at the Roxbury, those three, and, and just enjoying themselves. And so you, that's why I, right away I was like, tight shirt, I, I, tight shirt. Oh, yeah, and, and you know that, that they make sure that they coordinate, you know, who's wearing what color, oh, yeah. right? Because they can't show up in three, sure, like, for burgundy sure. ones. And I want to hear the, uh, the drink orders from the cart. Uh, some uh, coconut waters uh, and oh, some yeah. water. That's it. No, see, see, I, I, you're right. I think Amber would pull a beer because I think he just, uh, you know, I've had beers with him. He's just, he's a cool guy. Uh, Mackenzie, it's either like, what, I, I can't remember the drink. Is it uh, where you've got the giant ice cube and, and it's old like fashioned. a hard liquor. Oh, it's like an old um, fashioned or a Manhattan or something. That's, that's, yeah, that's what Mackenzie's got, like an old fashioned because... <laughs> You know, with the tight shirt, he may have like a smoking jacket hanging in, in his golf cart. Like to me, that's what I, I think McKenzie would pull off. And, and Duffy has like, I, I don't know, he's got like a, a cooler, like a cranberry cocktail. Rock yes. berry, rock like berry if he's going to have something. 
Yeah, yeah. Like a Mike's Hard Lemonade, but it's like, you know. No, he's got, fl- Jamie, he's got full on White Claws going on. He's hey. all White Claws. Hey, White he's Claws. He's yeah. White Claws. Hey, don't disparage the White Claws. I'm not it's disparaging nice, them, but nice they're the Rockaberry cooler of this generation, yes, right? Yes, they are. That's they're they delicious. Are. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm not a big cooler guy in that. I, the only thing I've ever dabbled with is I'm a vodka guy, and I switched from. I used to drink vodka soda or vodka seven. Now I drink vodka ginger ale with a what? touch of lime juice. Vodka it's ginger al- ale. It's almost it gives. Yeah, it gives me a uh, like almost a feel of a Moscow Mule. It's like a oh. poor man's Moscow Mule. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Because I, yeah. you know, yeah, just just a little bit of, of of lime juice in it and ginger ale. I've really enjoyed that. And you know who got me into it was an uh, old defenseman named Robin Regeer. He came into Toronto a couple years ago, and we went out, and he was drinking tequila and ginger ale, and it it oh I, it had a bite. Like I'm not a tequila guy, no. and so I just said, okay, well, give me vodka ginger, while he was drinking tequila ginger, and I haven't gone back. I've really enjoyed it. How many how many tequila gingers did Regeer crush before mashing Alish Hemsky's face into the boards on a <laughs> nightly basis back when he played? Ah. <laughs> uh, we used to call that that area to Robin's left the Tunnel of Doom because <laughs> he was such a, a big man, like 6'3", 230, but he could really move. He was a great skater. And he used to give Hemsky a little extra room wide of him on his left side. And Hemsky every time would try and go, and Robin would grab him. And that poor kid would be horizontal in the glass. And Regeer would just bury him. And, and I would laugh because I would talk to some of the Oilers. I was, I was a couple of buddies. I was buddies with a couple of the Oilers. And they would be on the bench going, Hammer, don't do it. Don't go down there. And sure enough, he'd go down there. And Robin would destroy him. And, and, and I, apparently, it all stemmed back. To like one scrum, Regeer went into a scrum one time and Hemsky like elbowed him in the face. I don't know if it was intentional or something, but it was almost like Regeer had a vendetta against him. Like it was like eight years after he was still running him head first in the board, just burying him. It was hilarious. I mean, of all the guys to accidentally elbow in a scrum as a young hockey player, he would be very, very far down my list of people I would want. There's oh, way t- sure. there's guys considered tougher than than Regeer that I would that I would want to elbow before Robin Regeer. Yeah. yeah, the tunnel of doom, man, he was tough, no question. Hey buddy, yeah. this has been awesome chatting with you. I'm so glad you're doing well and uh, I love the idea of the three of us just going out to Oshawa one day and just getting a sleeve of tats all together. <laughs> I, I, you know, they have right now, you can order those shirts with like a fake sleeve on yeah. it. Yes. Like it looks like a tattoo. It's a pretty I, I cool might look. start there, see how it's like uh, received, and then, you know, maybe we can do it. We could, we'll go to like somebody's garage in Oshawa, and I'm sure there, there's plenty that we, we can figure out, fans of the show, all of that type of stuff. Oh, Toolsy knows a guy for sure. A- Here's the thing. In the future, oh, for sure. In the future, young people will look at uh, people with awe that aren't covered in tattoos and that survived 2020. They'll be like, what? You're a 2020 survivor? And you don't have tattoos? Yeah, that's true. It's rare. That, yeah. See, you're, you're lucky. I, so, Toolsy, you have no tattoos? No, I have uh, like tiny, a maple leaf and then uh, three letters on my arm. Those letters are yeah, well, that's, yeah. D-A-N. I, I, 
<laughs> Spelt wrong. Right. I, have, I, have, <laughs> I have like thir- I have thirteen, but they're like small, same thing. Like you know, I I, I butterfly. I wish if I had a do over, yeah. If I if I had a do over, ten of them would be gone. So you know, I've, I've made. I've made ten mistakes in my career at the tat- in the tattoo uh, bench or whatever the tattoo seat. Yes, I love the One, idea. I will actually before I go. Well, no, but I was just going to say no, no, before you t- before you tell us. I love the idea of you being on the cover of Inked one day and <laughs> yeah. revealing yeah. all thirteen, but the headline just says. Which of these ten does Jamie regret? Find out inside. Ooh, I like right? that. That's the oh, teaser. Oh my lord! Okay, sorry. Go ahead. What were you going to say? It ha- no, I was just going to say my first tattoo was actually my most regrettable one. I was 17 years old, uh, had some vodka. I shouldn't admit that underage, but we we ended up in Calgary at the Smiling Buddha uh, tattoo parlor. And I got a pink panther leaning on a hockey stick and like kind of in it, it kind of in my like, uh, you know, underwear area, my left hip. It is the most to this day. It's the most embarrassing thing, because as you've grown and it's kind of faded and it looks like a grandfather, like an old creepy like cat. Now, it, I don't it's not even a tattoo. I don't even know what it is. It's a, so embarrassing. But I, 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 to this day, I, it's, it's, it was the first one I've got, and that was, what, 30 years ago, over 30 years ago. So you can imagine that the type of shape it's in. My buddy got uh, Tasmanian Devil, and yes. my other buddy got uh, Cal- Calvin and Hobbes. That, the Tasmanian Devil was so sticks. popular at the time, Jamie, when we were growing so up. I when, remember so many When we first got, got ours, I was 16, went with the buddies and to this guy's tattoo shop in the second floor of his house. He was bombed. He was like 60. He had a python in a big uh, <laughs> uh, fish tank there. He did my maple leaf, yeah. colored the middle in all red, did it freehand. It does not look like a maple leaf. My other buddy got a woody woodpecker, and the other guy got barbed wire. <laughs> oh, barbed wire. Oh, uh, See, noodles, oh. it could be barbed wire. <laughs> that first one could have been barbed wire. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Barbed wire, that's tough <laughs> coming back from that one. At least. He still got I mean, it. The, the he still got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope he's got big guns to, <laughs> he does to not. defend that barbed he wire. He does not. Um, <laughs> when, we're going to let you go. When, we, when you come back, we have to have you on a little more regularly because I do want to get into, uh, at some point, O-Dog's earring. I, uh, man, it's, he went full on Harrison yeah. Ford and I just love it. I'm just, I'm fascinated. I, we, we have not brought that up on the show yet, but wow. it may be uh, a top topic moving forward. Cause it's kind of like, do you bring it up or do you not? Like, is he, you know, I, I'm not sure how sensitive he is. Well, maybe about he wants it, so to tell the to story behind it, it. Yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, maybe he should tell the story and then we can. We can decide if we like it or not. We should do that. There you go. Uh, Noodles, you're the best. Uh, You can listen to Jamie and uh, O-Dog and Brian Hayes uh, every day, 4 to 7 on TSN 1050. Uh, They put that into a fantastically listenable podcast, and Noodles is all over TSN. And uh, You're going to have a new play-by-play guy at some point here, buddy. Uh, Maybe it could be Toolsy or me. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That would be awesome. I think they would love us, that the three of us... To call Ottawa Senator games, that would be great. We'd, we'd last maybe two or three 
uh, episodes before I'm, I'm sure they would give us the tap. But you never know. <laughs> the, but the problem would be after the games more than anything yes. and whether they could, could find us <laughs> to do the following game. Yeah, they would. We, we, we wouldn't make the flights the next morning. <laughs> I fly out at, at 7 a.m. the next morning. Oof. It wouldn't happen. No, no that would not happen. be happening. Not that close to Gat, no. All right, Noodles. <laughs> You're the best, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. See you, buddy. Yep. Wow, that's great. That was super fun. Good dude. Uh, all right. So, yeah. Um, I guess I revealed I did go to Kelowna on my <laughs> vacation. I think we're wearing pretty much the Are we, we wearing the same, same tie? Clothes? No. Kind of similar. S- similar color of purple. And actually, you, you got a purple shirt on? Yep. And a gray suit? Yep. Looks like we're matching, which is It's the Bell uniform. And it's for our uh, season four premiere. That's right. I'm going to now, we're going to uh, say so long, but I'm going to go, speaking of Sean McKenzie, I'm going to post a shirtless pic of myself on Instagram to celebrate the fourth season premiere. What do you I, think of that? I want to see that. It's, uh, I think I'm about 16. You have to be looking uh, off camera, pretending like, what, someone took a picture? Yeah, well, no, it's a picture of me from my youth. Oh. Uh, I would never expose, <laughs> I would never do this to people. You don't want to, you I, want an open house on what you got to offer. I, I, I want people to follow me. I don't want them to block <laughs> me. I don't want them to block me. And that's what would happen if I posted a shirtless pic now. How do you know? Well, that's a good point. Maybe I'd a- lose some, but I'd gain some in other ways. I think so. I think people would say, hey, this is the new Jay. I like it. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, okay, I'll ponder that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, I don't know, we'll see you next week. Ciao. They're going home.
You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. James Duffy presents the Rubber Boots Podcast. So we're sitting down at our table. The, the waiter comes up. And he's like profusely sweating. <laughs> and this is like 100% his first line to us. He goes, hello, I am not well. I'm very ill. <laughs> you ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not good at all. Get it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.